Volume. Hello, I'm Amina Dekha Asma, and in this episode, we will be exploring how financial information online platform Zonoto have adapted to what has become known as the new normal. Most of the financial places or arenas that you go for for information, they, they, they puff out their chests the more complicated and sophisticated they are. That's what they find strength in. Speaking as Benjamin Samuga, actuary and co-founder of Zonoto, telling us how their platform differs from other financial information platforms. But we are totally against that because we feel that only a select few of the population actually understands what they're saying. You are listening to Media Diaries, the new normal edition. The show is brought to you by the South Africa Media Innovation Programme and produced by Volume. For each episode, we're going to step into a different organization and explore how they're adapting their content production processes to what has become known as the new normal that COVID-19 has forced us to adjust to. In this episode, we are with online platform Zonoto. The sole purpose of this platform is to help people make better financial decisions by releasing content that touches on financial concepts in a way that is understandable to people with little to no financial knowledge. Here is Benjamin again. Most people don't understand when someone says they took out a future on an oil market. That doesn't make sense. What is a future anyway? And what does it mean when we say the rand collapsed? What does that mean for the normal man on the street? We find that how then do we communicate this training that we have in a way that is as unsophisticated and as normal as possible? He explains why they are not only different from other financial information platforms, but why he believes they are also more approachable. Now, I think the fact that we are not journalists makes us more approachable because we make the common journal uh, mistakes that a journalist would not make, but we have the accuracy of a financial expert. I feel that if we were so uptight in terms of our Uh, financial journalism, we might scare away the people who actually need to get the information that we have. Actuary and co-founder of Zonoto, Tando Ngube, tells us how Zonoto was started. So look, when we started, actually, uh, we started as a group of friends from university. We were all studying actuarial science and we all had a a keen interest in in financial services. Mm. Um, It was more of a, uh, you could call it a hobby at the time, even though we always knew it should be a company. Um, we were busy with exams, not very focused on it, until the beginning of last year, um, beginning of 2020. We had someone approach us. They liked our idea. They gave us some money, and we went hard at it. So initially, it was just Benji and I uh, at the beginning of last year, and then we had other people join us throughout the course of the year. As well as why they started Zonoto. Part of the reason why we started Zonoto is we work in financial services and we know how complex it can be. I had a meeting with this other fellow who is an engineer who was fortunate to have had parents who were farmers. And some of the things he was speaking about, like they were like at the back of his, his hands, like it was second nature to him, were amazing for me. And I'm thinking someone who doesn't have that parent who had that discussion at the, at the dinner table would not know. They'll just go into farming, but they would never be able to compete with that guy. Tano then explains the design of the organization. 
So we, we've designed Zomoto as um, what uh, this other gentleman called Salim calls an exponential organization. Right? We've got a core team, which is the three of us, but then we also make use of um, what you'd call leveraged assets, even for human resources. Here is Tando again, showing who their target audience is. So what we, we decided to do when we came together was to say, hey, can we focus on young black professionals specifically, um, people who are earning an income, but not necessarily knowing how to invest, how to protect, how to support their families. Uh, so some would have what people like to refer to as black techs, which is just taking care of your extended family. If you can help that person manage their money better, you impact not just them, but the 10 people that depend on them. Mm. So that was our initial focus. Young professionals who uh, might have at the very minimum uh, matric, but we're mostly focusing on people with, uh, with degrees, with a disposable income. And as time went on, then that grew a little bit. Based on the kind of people that are coming and consuming our content, we extended it a bit to include even older, slightly older people. Like Tando said, the shift in their target audience changed when different audiences started to visit their website. Here is Benjamin explaining how COVID-19 contributed to that. So suddenly it moves from, hey, I just want to start investing. Hey, I don't know to, hey, I lost my job. What am I supposed to do? Suddenly our shift moves from the bulk of our readers or our clients being young people to many of them being people in their 30s and 40s and even their 50s saying, what am I going to do? I'm about to retire. My, my assets have just gone to zero. And how do I survive in this new world? So suddenly our our model starts focusing on employment and on how to make multiple streams of income rather than uh, insurance or uh, investments, which primarily that's what it was before. So we had to shift our focus as a business in terms of product and meeting people's needs. But operationally, Amina, we were, we were unmoved by COVID. Benjamin then explains why their organization was not affected by COVID-19. The business has always been online. It's always been something we've done remotely. Uh, when we started getting serious about it, I was in Cape Town. Tando was in Gauteng. And so we were already used to working remotely and working digitally. It wasn't something that really was a big challenge. What became a challenge, though, was how people perceived financial information. That shifted. That's what we produced as a product. Speaking to the challenge around how people perceive financial information, Tano explains how although the content on the website was relevant, they still experimented with the deliverance of their content. A lot of people were negatively affected by COVID. Um, but what we saw when COVID first hit, the kind of things people were searching for were things like how to trade shares online. Um, they were asking questions that were very relevantly answered by some of the content on our, on our website. We released a bunch of videos, one of which went quite viral, 
um, within within a week, I think it already had a hundred thousand views or so, and that brought a lot of growth to our social media. And this was experimental. With all the growth the platform has experienced, they have had to expand and work with people outside of the organization to ensure a better flow of content production. As people became interested in different types of content, we had to diversify the topics that are covered with input from other experts. So on the employment side, we had HR specialists come in, contribute content, um, you know, provide um, answers to questions. We had debt specialists play a very big, big role. There was a cryptocurrency boom, and we had cryptocurrency experts as well coming in, playing a more prominent role. Um, so you had that, and then you had, I don't know if you remember last year in March, but the markets just went haywire, and a lot of people were in retirement, you know, were in danger of, of really locking in losses. And that's where our retirement experts had to kick in um, quite a bit. In addition to that, we went out and sought content from existing financial bloggers. We've already covered uh, some of these topics. So that was um, one of the ways that we could get a lot of diversified content very quickly. The outsourcing of content production has allowed the pair to focus on other spheres of the business. However, Benjamin explains how much work is still required of them. If I were to put it in this way, if you found any company, you are everything from the CEO to the guy that makes tea to the guy that cleans the floor. But primarily what our major touch points are, marketing, product development, client relationships. Um, we have a, an employee in our business, so just managing her and her workload and uh, motivating her, getting funding, a myriad of things that we were doing. Um, including brainstorming new ideas. Nothing is off the list. He then runs us through what a typical workday looks like for him. So my day is split between two tasks. One, one task is usually admin for the day, and that's usually managing our content, making sure it's gone up correctly, what's going up for this week, what's going up for next week. That sort of almost mundane type of tasks. But the more interesting task that dominates my day is what's next. That's always something that Tando relies on me to, to produce on. Speaking of what's next, Tando shares what the organization is currently working on, as well as how this fits into his day. So on my side, it's mostly um, on the product and by product, two things. Um, it could be the, the platform, the website, um, our app, um, but also just the concept of Zonotas package it. Um, so most, most recently, um, it, it's some changes that we're doing in order to highlight um, what, what I could call financial services professionals right, that we're partnering with. So we're creating a platform where you can easily find financial um, coaches, um, estate planning, tax planning, professionals. Tando then touches on further developments that the organization is working on, such as their mobile phone application. Sometime last year, we decided to just make Zonoto more conversational, allow people to ask questions, get questions answered, have some discussions going on. 
So that is really the purpose of the app. The app is still under development. Uh, we're taking it nice and slow. Um, we've released it to a few people. We haven't like launched it out widely. So we've got a few people using it on a test basis. Um, but we don't talk about it much because the focus is not yet on that app. It's actually on our website. It would be a huge disservice to get a chance to speak to financial experts and not ask them for some advice. Here is Benjamin's first piece of advice. What is the one piece of advice I would give someone regarding money? I would say learn something new every week. Because the first thing for me is, the strongest one is save before you spend. It's very simple. It's not difficult. Because when people think of finance, they think of difficult things that you need to do in order to get somewhere far. It's actually not. The most sustainable form of building wealth is simplicity. It is saving more than you spend. It's that simple. And you can only do that if you save before you spend. It doesn't work the other way around. Here he is with his second piece. The second thing is to make sure that you keep track of how much you are spending then you're on the path to, to, to greatness. Tano then comes in with his advice. The, the best, I, I think, out of all the very important things I can share is that everything is negotiable. Everything is negotiable. Your insurance premium is negotiable. You should negotiate it every year. You're probably paying way too much for insurance. You're probably paying way too much if you've got a cell phone contract. I called Vodacom this year and I went from paying over a thousand rands to paying under 200 rands. Everything is negotiable. This has been Media Diaries, the new normal edition, and I'm Amina Deka Asma. The show has been brought to you by the South Africa Media Innovation Program and produced by Volume. Check out more information about the show either at www.volume.africa or at SAMIP's website, samip.mdif.org. That's samip.mdif.org. The music for the series is composed by John Bartman. Next week, we will go inside another media organization and see how they are coping and innovating when it comes to reporting during this crisis. Goodbye. Volume.